welcome to the Finger Guns Podcast, episode 203. I'm your host, Roscoe. Hello, hello, hello. I'm joined this week by Miles Thompson. Hello there. Hello there. How are you, sir? I'm good, thank you, mate. I am good. I'm enjoying more of the Star Wars Fortnite. What's not to love? (laughs) I would feel bad, though. I know, you must just be so gleeful knowing that this time last year you were just there like, you would love it if you would just play it. And now look at us a year on. Yeah, have like, I've oh got a lightsaber and it's fun in the storm and like you, you just guys. Honestly, it's really fun. <laughs> I'm so addicted. I'm like level 103 or something. It's yeah, carnage. You did it to yourself. I'm so proud. You should be. Uh, you should be. I am. Uh, cats. Hello. 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 How's it going? <laughs> I'm very good. How on earth are you? Yeah, I'm banging, mate. I just had a Mackey's, like a surprise Mackey's. Oh, like, I love a surprise Mackey's. Yeah. yeah. Sean was like, do you want an ice cream? And I was like, I don't want a McFlurry, but I'll tell you what I do want. Fries. And then that fries turned into a meal. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Oh, Sean. I'm seeing Sean in there. You Yeah, she's doing well. She's doing all right. Good, good. I'm glad. Jonathan Brown, have always known as Yog Dog. Hello, sir. Hello. I know we said I don't know why my brain just wanted to go good morning, Ben. Okay. Well, it, well, it's definitely not the morning, though. So I don't know why. Uh, depending where we are in the world. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> How are you, Captain? Uh I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I've been playing a few games again this week and I've been focusing on a ton of walking. So um I feel much fitter than I have done for years, which is nice. Oh, man, it's really good to hear. Nice one. Yeah, thanks. Good stuff. Um, returning to the pod, Mr. Tom Woods. Hello. Hello, man. Welcome back. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice to be back. I've actually played stuff this week, so I've got stuff to talk about. Bizarre. I'm very excited to hear what you've got to say about what you've been playing. Mm-hmm. Indeed. How is everything? You all right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm all right. Otherwise, you know, I'm out of a funk. Mm. So, feeling good. Good stuff. Good stuff. And finally, come on. It's the FFG. John Davies. Hello. Hello, mate. I'm all right. I was really struggling with the mute button there. I was trying to unmute myself and unmuted and remuted and then unmuted myself. So, um, I'm very well. I'm very well. Good Good morning. As, as, it Good morning to, be, to you all. <laughs> yes. How are you doing? You okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, had a, uh, had a long weekend at work. Um, I just finished an hour ago after finishing it, starting at 9 a.m. yesterday. But uh, yeah, I'm all right. Nice. I, I also had a, I had a surprise meal myself, so I can, I can relate to kids, cats, sorry. Um, I, I had a jalapeno-filled chicken thing. Um, and, and I am now paying the price because when it says jalapenos, I'm thinking maybe a sprinkling. No, this was more jalapeno than chicken. So, yeah, it was very tasty. But um, we'll see how this pod goes. Jalapeno with a side of chicken. Yeah. If I disappear halfway through, you know, I'm paying the price for it. OK, cool. We'll, uh, we'll pray for you. <laughs> understood. Thanks very understood. much. I've always wondered what would happen if I went around to someone on this pod and I was like, hey, how you doing? And they went. You know, I'm having a really bad time. Can we just talk about it before we go on? <laughs> Can you imagine? I was worried that might happen one day. So we'll see. We're 203 in and we're okay so far, but it might happen. 
That's what we play games for. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Anyway, uh, right, let's get to Game of the Week. We'll start from the top. Miles Thompson, your Game of the Week. Hello there. Again. It's totally Star Wars Fortnite, isn't it? You know it is. No, it's actually not. It's actually not, because that was last week. Although okay. it probably would be anyway, again, because I have played a lot of it still. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. My one this week is one that Sean's played and reviewed before, which is Fights in Tight Places. Um, or Spaces? Spaces. And we never get, ever get the name of this game right. It's uh, it is fights in, <laughs> it's fights in tight spaces, but tight yeah. spacing with fighting or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it is really fun. It is like superbly designed. So it's like a rogue like de- uh, deck builder. Um, you get to pick like different decks, uh, different cards of different attributes. So you've got attack cards, movement cards, and then just like random buff cards and stuff. Um, and it's all turn based. So it kind of goes in sequence where you use all the cards that you can within your turn. You've got to manage like movement and momentum, I think it is. Um, and you can pull off some crazy combos, you know, taking down multiple people. It makes you feel like John Wick or any kind of action star from like any hand to hand movie of like those popcorn action um, scenes that you find. And it's just really cool. And it takes a while to get into my first run. I thought you were meant to finish the game in one like campaign. So I was like, brute forcing my way through right until the final uh set of levels only to discover when i literally could not do a level that i'm actually supposed to give up early so that i can level up and get new cards which i've now discovered and now the game is much more fun <laughs> um so i almost kind of scuppered myself by being too stubborn to give up um but yeah each time you kind of give up on a run you'll get a load of xp you get new cards you get new decks that you can try out um and the enemy compositions will change each, each run as well um, it's just got a lot of depth considering how simplistic it first appears. There's a lot more to it and there's a lot of layers. And um, it's just got that really addictive quality where I'll be like, I'll just play another level. And then two hours later, I'm like at the end of a run. I'm like, God damn it. If only I'd have done that instead. And then I go back and start all over again. Um, so yeah, it's fully worthy of your time. Pick it up. It's coming out soon, I think. So uh, yeah, look out for it on console. I have it on good authority that the studio head over at Ground Shatter, uh, Mr. James Parker, hello, James Parker, is a massive fan of John Wick and that, Keanu in general, I think. That makes so much sense. Because <laughs> <laughs> this game is literally, if you imagine if you were John Wick, but top down, and you only had hand-to-hand combat, and that is this game. And it is just dope. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ground Shatter, absolutely rule, and everything they make is great. Sean Davies. Yeah, I just like to call out. I don't know if you spotted this, but in Miles, with your time with it, but there's a lot of the animations for the moves are all taken directly from action movies. So there's like the Mission Impossible arm reload. Um, oh. You know the the arm move that um, what his face does in the bathroom. One yes. of them is directly inspired by that. So you see him like flick both of his arms out, and some of the kicks are taken from um, like various action movies. But there's a bit of Fast and the Furious in there. There's a bit of uh, Mission Impossible in there. There's a bit of John Wick in there. But they're all kind of inspired by famous action movies because, yeah, that studio is kind of obsessed with them. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of my favourite parts, just kind of picking out which movies each movie was inspired by. <laughs> yeah, so I just really cool. like the uh, the wall jump punch that you do. It's yes. like a Superman punch off a wall into someone's face. It does, like, 40 damage, and I'm like, fuck yes. <laughs> I love that game. It's my was it, I, I'm pretty sure I picked it as one of our games of the year um for that year because it was just that damn good. I could see why. I think it might be in my running of game of the year so far this year too. So uh <laughs> yeah, I'm glad it's come to console. Just under Star Wars Fortnite. 
Just about. Um, Gal, what's your game of the week? I had a Sean problem then. Um, I got stuck on the mute button. I'm like, and I always make like little noises. I'm like, whoa. Um, one day that's going to come through to the pod. Um, my game of the week is unfortunately ziplocked tight. So I'm going to have to talk about a game that, that got me through COVID. Um, and that was Horizon Forbidden West sequel Burning Shores. Yeah. I started it because I know that you started it but I hadn't started it by then because I wanted to give it like a solid you know I wanted to give it love and, and solidarity and just you know all my energy and um solidarity I don't know like, not Against solidarity what? that's the wrong word but like <laughs> I just wanted like you know a vacuum of space where I was I like see. I've I got you. nothing to do for the next foreseeable and I'm gonna play for the um, West so yeah, great game, great DLC. Love, 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 love. Um, everyone who's review bombed it. I hope you eat shit. Um, <laughs> for there being LGBTQ plus, oh, just ridiculous. Especially as it's a choice. Fuck off. <laughs> um, but other than that, I really, really enjoyed it. It was amazing jumping back in. I almost felt a little bit um, like I had like one arm and I jumped back in because I just didn't know how to do anything and of course like you obviously remain at the same level and everything and so the first thing I did I was like fuck what do I do how do I how do I dodge how do I how do I get my arrow out fuck what does that do like <laughs> and I just I didn't slip into it as easy as I thought I would um and so I had to take a time I had to take some time like roaming around but it's fantastic I loved it um good stuff and I got covid unfortunately a couple of weeks ago and that was kind of the time where I was like I didn't feel awful and I was like do you know what I can do I can play Horizon Forbidden West because it fucking slaps um so yeah that's really exciting I managed to get that to complete it it's still on my um uh like what should we call it like my home screen because I really want to 100% it um but I just don't know if I can be asked (laughs) I love it, but I don't know if 100%ing the DLC or like slightly hinder my. You know, like when. Um, so I soft locked myself out of Days Gone a little bit from Platinum Air because I didn't do something until the very, very end. And to go back and do it is actually going to add about 10 hours. Um, and I don't know if the 10 hours that I'll spend on Days Gone, as much as I'm in love with that game, is worth ruining the game for me because I have spent about 30, 40 hours on it already. Um, it's one of those like fine lines of like when you love a game so much you think that you can play it endlessly versus loving a game so much that you will be sick of the fucking sight of it and it will almost like start to roll itself backwards from enjoyment. Sean, go. I know that you don't want to do all of it, but if you do get a chance, the aerial captures in Burning Shores are amazing. Yeah. Like, I've done two of them. There's there's one oh, in particular that, that's like it, it's they're they're all really good. I mean they they had like a lot of kind of additional yeah. bits to the story that just is well worth looking at. Um, and and all of the side quests, I I hundred percented the DLC and it didn't take me that long because you know once you get your water wing and you you know you're all over the place yeah. anyway. So, but um. Just the, all the side quests and the, the aerial captures are worth doing. If you don't want 100% okay. after that, I would say, you know, fair play. No, that's fine. No, no, no. Forward. It's good to know. Good to know. Good to know. I'll, um, I'll match on back in. I'll have a little look at what I've got left to do. Um, no, thanks for the rack. Uh, yeah, that's my game of the week. 
Hmm. I don't think anyone's played Days Gone for more than 10 hours. How dare you? Well, then they're <laughs> fucking wrong and they should get back into it. I, I, um, I got an old friend that started meeting up again with this week. Um, and he loves gaming, but he's a console gamer. Days Gone is actually one of his favourite games, and he's yeah, platinum it and all sorts. He really, really yeah. wants another. But yeah, really... I really want another. And do you know what? I would love a Netflix series or an Amazon Prime series. That would actually make a very, very good TV show, I think. Hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think you're right in there. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's very cinematic. As long as they steered away from... Yeah, and as long as they steered away from... I guess they could in its own way because it's so different from The Walking Dead. But as long as they, um, I guess, tried to steer away as much as possible from The Walking Dead. Um, mm. But I think as well, that's already set up. As soon as you go in, like it's already set up like um, so differently. But, you know, I'd love a TV series. And there's, they're getting one because they didn't fucking ask Sam... They didn't, they didn't ask Sam Whitaker to be Deacon. So I'm like, well, what's the point then? Why have you not asked Deacon St. John to play Deacon St. John? <laughs> Just who is a TV and video game actor. Anyway, regardless. Love it. Can't wait for it to come out whenever it does. Indeed. Hope they change um, their minds and hire Deacon St. John. <laughs> yeah, and the Burning Shores is fantastic. And it's so pretty. It's it so it's, pretty. it's incredible. And it, it makes me angry the more I played it. I don't know, Sean, if you felt this. Like, when you go back and play it, you're just like, damn, this got fucking snubbed. Like, this <laughs> gorilla are just incredible with what they do and just so underdeserved. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I saw an amazing TikTok earlier this week with um, like a panoramic view of Tears of the Kingdom. And where like reviewers are good, look how good this is. And then they put it right next to footage of Horizon. And it was like, are you for real? <laughs> one literally, of these games both turn out of 10. And the other one. Literally. Ugh, it just winds me up. But oh well. <laughs> oh dear. Yug Dog, your game of the week. Uh I can't choose between the two, so I'm going to have to say two of them. Okay. Uh, the first one is Mechabellum, uh, which is an auto battler style game, uh, in some ways similar to something like Teamfight Tactics uh, and Dota Underlords. Instead of heroes, though, you have units of mechs um, or tanks, and you deploy them as you want to on the battlefield. You can upgrade them over time with various abilities. Um, such as like giving certain units a shield or increasing their range and so on. Uh, they gain veterancy as well, uh, and you can buy new units uh, each turn after the battle's taken place. It's a really cool game. Um, it's in early access, and I've been really enjoying it so far, um, to the point where I've actually maxed out the initial rank, uh, and now I'm on like basically a prestige system. So that's really cool. Uh, the second game is called Battlebit. Um, so I used to play a lot of Battlefield Bad Company 2 and Battlefield 3 on console. Um, and this scratches that same itch. It's basically similar to the older Battlefield games with a couple of systems mixed in from modern shooters such as Squad. Um, but like everything from the aesthetic, uh, like the UI layout and everything, and when you rank up and so on it's it's very battlefieldy older battlefieldy 
it's not um it's basically like minecraft like graphics but it's just it's just a whole chunk of fun so i've been really enjoying uh both of those um yeah those are my games of the week awesome well it sounds like fun watch that out yeah it's good mm, nice um tom what could possibly be your game of the week Hmm. 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 Uh, it's Tales of the Kingdom. It's Tales of... I've heard about this game. Some some have heard of it. Yeah, some people have heard about it. Can you uh, explain what on earth it is? Uh, it's Breath of the Wild 2. Oh, that one! Yeah, I've heard of that. Um, I'll preface by saying I was absolutely not all hyped for this game. Even, like, a little bit. Um... I'm not a big Zelda guy and I haven't touched my Switch in a long time. Um, but I liked Breath of the Wild and this looked like, oh, they're just doing that again. And they are, but it's better. <laughs> um, the new tool set they give you, the building stuff, at first I was like, seems a bit gimmicky. Um, but the amount of components they give you to fuck with. Um, this is going to be busted open by those crazy people that did all the, the weird, like, physics sandboxy stuff in Breath of the Wild to an even greater degree. It's been out for three days and people are already doing, like, building Trojan horses and shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd... I've got notes. Hold on. I've I've played a fair amount of it already. Um, already. I have I'm I'm in like I don't know, 15, 20 hours maybe already. And wow. it came on Friday. Yeah, nice. it's it's uh it's consuming me. Um I've already done fifty-one shrines. <laughs> what? Yeah, and I've got four towers left to get. Because I so I've got a friend who's got it, and she thinks I'm crazy for doing it this way. But I like to like have all the map visible first. The first thing I do is seek out towers, and then right. as I'm get as I'm getting towers, if I spot shrines, I'll do them. Because when you get into a tower now, it shoots you into the air. Um, so you get a huge view of the surrounding area, um, and you can just mark stuff in midair. It's it's very nice for like cleanup and all the shrines have been great again. Um I like the shrines are like one of my favorite bits of Breath of the Wild and they're just as like fun and sandboxy. You can sort of figure things out and if it works, it works. Um I've definitely solved a few just by not doing what I think they probably intended. Um <sighs> I don't know how they've done it, but it feels more exciting to explore this time. I think based because the map is different, it's similar, but there are changes that sort of make exploring it feel fresh again. Um, and it solved two of my biggest issues with Breath of the Wild, which is weapon durability, which is still a thing. But now that you've got this fuse ability where you can just attach most items to a weapon including other weapons everything is useful and doing that increases your durability or it it the the level of creative bullshit 
that this game just lets you do is wild. Um, oh, that's the, cool. Each of the abilities, if you use it in the right way, you can sort of combine them with others. So, like, in the trailers, they showed the Ascend ability, which just lets you zip through the roof of stuff so you don't have to climb. And that doesn't work on everything, but it works on a lot of stuff. It has to be, like, a certain distance from you. you can't, it's not infinite in range. Um, but it's a decent distance. So what you could do is join, like, I don't know, six tree trunks together or logs from cut down trees together with the attach ability, move them up into the air with the master hand, which is basically the magnet, but it can grip onto a lot more stuff. Um, and then let it drop. And then you can use the rewind mechanic on it to reverse it through time. Kind of like how the gun in the entropy center works. It's, it's pretty similar. I know you've played entropy center, so it'll yeah, rewind. Yeah. It'll rewind for a bit. Oh God. And then, as it rewinds, you can stop it in midair and then ascend through all of the logs. Oh, God, that's cool. Yeah, I saw this today in a video um, of, like, things it doesn't tell you, but you can do. And it's day three, and people are already, like, finding really, really smart ways to just break it. Oh, God. And, yeah, it's 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 a blast. Um oh. Well, feels more alive because my second issue was enemy variety in the first game was pretty small. It's uh, there's a lot more types of enemies this time around, um, mm. and it feels like they kind of hit harder. I don't know if that's true. It's, I haven't played Breath of the Wild since it came out, but I played a lot of Breath of the Wild, and this felt like off the bat like it was rougher on you. Um, but, like, because I've <laughs> blitzed through shrines, I've made it easier on myself because the game lets you just sort of go as you want. Um, I would advise anyone that does play it to do, like, the first few main story quests because that's tied to unlocking the towers and, like, getting your paraglider, which is kind of essential again. Um, but you very quickly get that stuff, like... I, I spent about six hours on the tutorial island because I really explored it. Um, but yeah, you could you could probably get enough of your tools in like three hours to be like, all right, now I can just go wild and explore. I've barely touched the main quest. I've done two main quest steps after leaving the tutorial. The rest of the time I've just been going around clearing the map, finding shrines, just because that's like how, that's how I like to do it. Oh, um, th there's also more shrines in this game than the last one. <laughs> oh, God, the shrines are the best bit of Breath of the Wild. But, yeah, there's there's like 30 more shrines. And, oh. and, and again, they are like well hidden in some respects, like they're inside caves or, you know, they, they hide them. Um, oh man, I can't this, take this. I don't. They've added like this sense of rediscovery because you are exploring a lot of the same world. Um, but it, because of the stuff that happens at the start of the game, it does feel like it is a brand new world, and there is 
Um, there's the Sky Islands, which there's not like as much of that as I thought there'd be, but there is a lot more like verticality as a focus this time. Um, a lot more time is spent in the air. Um, but there's also, uh, they, I'm pretty sure they showed it or talked about it. Um, there's there's the depths that you can explore, um, which is essentially a whole other map. And it's massive. Good lord. Yeah, and it's also kind of terrifying because it's pitch black in there. You have to like light your own way. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how much more I can say about it. Because no, I that's 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 fine. Be- I was because I've I haven't been... played much of the story. Like I have, I have just sort of been playing with the gamey parts, and the gamey parts for me are more fun than Breath of the Wild was, which I which was like a serious concern when they showed it, and it was very clear that you you don't have the magnet or um, the bombs or the ice block stuff. All that stuff's gone, but the tools they've replaced it with. And the way they've redesigned the world, you don't miss them. Mm. Um, and if anything, I like... I, I already think I like this more than Breath of the Wild because there's such an emphasis on creativity this time. And I know Toby mentioned in the general that he wasn't sure if the building would be like for him, if that would kind of, I don't know, sour it. But I will say... like. You can be as you. You don't need to do complex stuff. You can do things simply. You can. It's a system you can engage with as much as you want. There will be puzzles that that it's sort of required, but the game is so good at making it like it's really quick to build stuff. Um, the game, the game knows that people would have that reservation, so it does its best to be like. Yeah, but the stuff you're going to make is like, even if you make a simple thing, it's going to feel really good that you did this. Mm. Um, yeah, that, yeah, which yeah. was, yeah, it was a big thing in Breath of the Wild. A lot of it was like self-discovery and puzzle solving through like the physics sandbox. That's why Breath of the Wild has its own engine because it needed all this bullshit that it just sort of lets you go and get on with. And yeah, it's it's more of that, but I think better. And I know there have been people that have like said like, oh, it's going to run badly or whatever. It doesn't run any worse than Breath of the Wild did. It does dip occasionally when it's like busy. Or I think if you've like moved into an area with more stuff, it'll like sort of hit, it'll like drop down its frame rate for a little bit and then it'll be okay. I think it might have some sort of adaptive resolution Um, because it does look like things get jaggier but it performs better than i expected it to um and i'm a bit of a stickler for performance but i'm having enough fun with it that it balances it out like when those things happen um and yeah i when when we're done here i am gonna go play again because it's it's that great and i it's it's nice because i wasn't anticipating it to be um, yeah. But it's the game that broke my post RE4 remake funk. Um, and it's one that I wasn't even really that, you know, into. I didn't even buy it. It's my, part, my partner. She bought it. Um, but we share uh, primary accounts on each other's switches so we can use each other's games. So it also helps that 
it was free for me. It was totally free. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I'll sort of say on that. It's anyone awesome, that man. liked Breath of the Wild will like this in I've different got, ways. I didn't like Breath of the Wild, and so I've got like I was like, nope, this doesn't right. sound right for me. And now they've fixed everything like that. What what was your <laughs> issue with Breath of the Wild? Uh, weapon durability and lack uh-huh. of enemies. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't tell, I'm like, oh fuck. Because in the first game, the world was littered with a lot of seemingly kind of useless items. Yep. And now you can say, oh, well, my sword's about to break. I'll attach this rock to it and make it into a hammer. And that, oh, that will repair its durability and make it more durable. And it will have an effect. If you attach like a plank of wood to a sword, it will make it into a fan. So you can just blow air at stuff. Um, Fuck every- you, Nintendo. Everything that you can attach to a weapon will alter it. And sometimes it's just a raw damage input. Sometimes it makes it have some sort of practical puzzle-solving solution. You can attach a bomb to a shield and then do the shield jump, and it'll launch you into midair. They've made combat more fun with these mechanics. Yeah. Um, Nintendo are just... They're just on another level, aren't they? Really, it's kind of nuts. Because, like I said, I wasn't expecting much from it, and mm. I, that's that's on me. I know Nintendo are quite good, but it seemed like they were resting on the love that Breath of the Wild had. What they actually did was go, "Let's not show our hand too much. Mm. Let's trust that people will get it." And it, it that was the right move. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, it's going to be the biggest selling game of the year without any question. Probably, yeah. Um, all right, thanks, Tom. That was awesome. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, no problem. I, I can't, there's too much coming out. I can't get it yet. <laughs> I'm gonna have to wait. Um, there's just far too much coming out. It's an absolute nightmare. Um, what a wonderful problem to have. Um, what's on the game of the week coming? Sean, your game of the week. Um, yeah, so my game of the week is Mia and the Dragon Princess, which is another FMV game from Wales Interactive awesome. and from Good Gate Media, and another company that which i'm not quite sure of i can't remember the name of um this is kind of a hark back to the early fmb days i know that a lot of the recent fmb games have been kind of modern and they've kind of been a, a whole new kind of evolution of fmb titles but this one is really kind of it takes you back to what we kind of knew in the 80s and 90s where it was like basically an action film where you could direct things in particular directions Essentially, you play as a girl called Mia who works in a bar that's got some kind of history in London around pirates. And this this strange out-of-time lady arrives and she's being tased by the police and having kung fu fights at a Chinese restaurant. And the next thing you know, you know, the whole the whole thing is blowing up, gangsters have entered, there's some hidden treasure somewhere, and you've got to go and find it. It's it is bizarre because it is very much aimed at its target audience of people who probably remember like the I'm struggling to think of titles that it's that it's kind of inspired by, but you know, the the early days of FMV games where it was like an action film, um, and it wasn't really based around like branching narratives. It's kind of like that. So it does feel old school, but also similarly, it is very funny. There are, there are as far back as like Mad or McGree. Uh, like yeah, that that kind of age, but like maybe nice. a little later than that. And 
um, where we had like action heroes that were popping up in FMV games. It was super cheesy. This this is this this is the standard. Um, like just just for example, at one point they're crawling through a tunnel, and one guy starts to have a bit of a panic attack because he's a bit claustrophobic, and he, his phone light dies. So a woman that was at a hen party in the bar passes him a glow stick. He cracks it, and one end is a penis. So, <laughs> so he's in this dark tunnel with a glow stick shaped like a dick. Um, that's the kind of gags that they're at. Um, and you know, you, you can blow holes in a, in a guy using a cannon, and the guy's last words are, "Please clear my browser history." It's just, <laughs> it's it's fun. It's weird. It is it is different from the current FMV crop. It's it's um, not kind of. I wouldn't say it's up to par as as the likes of um, uh, Ten Dates or something like that, which is which is really well written and really well acted. But um, it, it's still still worth a go. So if you're looking for an FMV game to play um, as a group or on your own, give it a look. Sweet. I have to ask, as a huge Doctor Who nerd, how is uh, Paul McGann? He has some really. He, he comes off as a as a proper villain. Um, nice. And but he has some, some really. The the game in general is a bit gory, and he has a couple of the most gory bits. Um, I, I don't want to spoil it, but it's like, <laughs> just thinking about it's making me laugh. Um, he is good. He's probably the best actor of the whole bunch in the entire, you know, because he's probably the most experienced. Um, but. He's, he's not he's not afraid to have some fun with it, which I think is like it kind of calls for it in this kind of an instance. He does yeah. come across as menacing, but when when you get the upper hand, it is fun. So, um, oh. yeah, definitely worth a look. What about Shout you, Ross? What's your game of the week? Shout out to Wellsum Directive who offered us interviews with the whole cast, except for Paul Began. Um, my game, <laughs> I'm not bitter at all. Don't worry about it. Um, my game of the week is uh, Park Beyond. I've been checking out the closed beta. Um, you know me, I love me a good theme park sim, and this is looking like it's going to be another absolute cracker. Um, it's it's interesting. It's like they, you obviously feel like, oh, how can they all be that different? But this one's interesting in the sense that you can build a theme park anywhere, like I'm building a theme park currently in the middle of a city, and you know, the roller coaster is going around the city and stuff. You get to do, you get to swing it around through buildings and over buildings and stuff, and a lot of that is a lot of fun. It's very creative. The beta is not huge. There's not a lot to it. But um, what I've seen so far, I'm really intrigued as to what they're going to do with the with the massive, like with the actual game when it comes out. And so, um, it's yeah, it's very interesting, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. Just kind of designing roller coasters that go over buildings and through rivers and under under roads and things like that. So it's um, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to, like I said, getting my hands on the full game uh, when that comes out. I think in a couple of months. But yeah, the beta is great and it sold me on it more than I thought it would uh, purely because I'm yeah just super excited for Poppy on anyway but uh, now I'm really excited because it does feel like something different I didn't know that this city aspect was part of it I didn't know that that was actually you know I didn't see that in the trailers or anything so and this is a game that was announced what I say a year and a half ago one of the I think it was a PlayStation showcase I think it was State of Play I could be wrong I'm pretty sure it was Um, so it's nice yeah I'm playing it on PC but it's nice to, uh, to check it out and I'm looking forward to the full, to the full uh, release. All right, then. Let's get down to it. It is time for the quiz. And so I shall hand over to my young Padawan, Miles Thompson. Here we go again. This is where oh, the fun God. begins. 
So oh. uncivilized. For a more civilized age. Okay, we have a quiz. We have a slightly themed quiz. Half of the questions have a particular theme to them, given the uh, this week's big release. If that's not a hint, I don't know what is. Um, no emojis. Stop it, Sean. The the coronation of King Charles III. Yes. <laughs> okay. It's representation of uh, the British royals in video games. Lovely. I was hoping the yeah, Eurovision, but whatever. Mm, no, no, I don't. I don't watch Eurovision. I'm afraid. Uh, I'm we not did it with Fortnite next year. We're watching Eurovision together, and you'll love it. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's more of a uh, Gotham Knights type vibe on that one. Oof. So, are we ready for another quiz? Yeah, I suppose. Oh, don't get too excited. You can't be too enthusiastic now. Just, yeah, half the quiz theme, the other half isn't. And just me, apparently. Yeah, just you. No one else is yeah. bothered. Everyone else is just <laughs> using emojis. <laughs> it's hands up only. <laughs> okay, let's do this. Question number one. Who is the final boss of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild? And it has to be specific, is the hint here. Oh, you motherfucking... It has to be specific. Ross, oh, you have your no. hand up first. Yeah. Uh, Ganon. Specifically... <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's, I can't remember the name that they gave him. Um, <laughs> Michael Gannon? No, it is not Michael. Uh, it's Michael Rappaport, but Gannon Gannonized. Damn it, uh, Sean, you're next. Michael Gambon. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't. I was going to say Gannon, and oh, <laughs> I love this. I love this. Uh, Tom, you're next. Calamity Ganon? It is Calamity Ganon. Well done. I was going to say, like, let me finish the question first because I thought somebody would jump in too quickly. (laughs) Uh, Question number two. Where does Link acquire the Master Sword in Ocarina of Time? Ross. Hyrule Castle. No. Yes! Is that Hyrule Castle? Mm, it's it's Hyrule. It, yes, it's it's, it's bloody specific. Hyrule Castle. You absolute bitch. You gotta be specific. Where is it in Hyrule Castle? Oh, it's in it's in it's in the village. Yeah, it's in the church. Yeah, what's it called? Oh, fuck you! <laughs> Come on, let's go on trying here. I'm really trying. Hyrule Church of England. Church. No. <laughs> sorry, I'm gonna have to call time when you're there. Ross. <sighs> I'm very sorry, Tom. You're next. Temple of Time. It is the Temple of Time. I'm sorry, Ross. I think I've had that question before, you know, because I feel like me and Ross went through the same thing when he went to Hyrule Castle. And I was like, no, and he went, yes, it is. And I was like, no. <laughs> Wasn't I that the played. debate of Ocarina of Time being an open world game or something? <laughs> oh, let's not go down that road. Yeah, that was, no, that I was think amazing. It's about the sword. I have oh, played oh, I Ocarina know. and beaten it at least eight or nine times. That's really depressing. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, sorry. It's, not, it's not your fault, man. It's not your fault. It's my fault. So all, all about I've not played it at all, Ross. <laughs> oh, Oof. Oof. <laughs> throwing the gauntlet down. I've only played Wind Waker. No, played so, I mean... <laughs> um, question number three. How many in-game days do you have in a typical cycle before the world is destroyed in Majora's Mask? Oh, my God, Tom. Is it three? It is three days. There is a spiritual point in how many... Of well, how many hours in actual time that is? No one. Oh, Tom. Nine. No, not that long. Shorter. Go, Ross. Six. No. 
I hate my life today. <laughs> it's actually two hours. Apparently, this three days goes by really, really quick. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Yogi, put your hand up just as I said that. <laughs> uh, question number four. In which year was the very first Zelda game released on the family computer disc system? Sean. 92. No. Tom? 91. No. Yog? 1864. <laughs> so close. Someone was very ahead of their time. <laughs> uh, Roscoe? Um, 87. No. 86 for a spiritual point. Yeah, it's 86 for a spiritual uh, point. However, Kat hasn't answered yet, which means Kat. Oh, god damn it. Is it, is it 1986? It is indeed 1986. Roscoe, you do get the spiritual <laughs> point for it as well. I'll give that to you. I feel like you've been uh, hard done by here. Worst night of my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question number five Ocarina of Time's Link appears in which other Zelda game? Hey, yo, dog. Oh, <laughs> I mean, are we question? talking about the version of Ocarina which is mirrored? Yes, the timeline where Link does appear in a different Zelda game. Cat. Woodmaker. No. Oh. Tom. That's going to be my answer to every other question. It's not Majora's Mask either, Sean. What Ocarina of Time's Link? I will yeah. worry this. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Although technically, I guess you're not wrong, but no, that's not the not the answer I'm looking for. God damn it! <laughs> what what was the question again? Uh, Ocarina of Time's Link appears in which other Zelda game? Um, I don't even know the name of. I've never played a Zelda game, so. If you want to guess, don't forget to put your hand up. Otherwise, you'll get robbed again. <laughs> I think Kat and Yog, you've still got a chance to guess if you want to. Oh, so I've guessed you. No, uh, no, I said okay. Moonmaker, so I'm out. Ah, uh, okay. Ross then. Sorry, mate. Anybody want to have a go? Go on, Roscoe. Zelda Generations. <laughs> or is that Sonic? No, I think that might be might be Sonic. Maybe. Yeah. I I mean I don't I don't play uh, Nintendo stuff or Sega, but you know. Uh, Yog, would you like a guess? Or why did you have to add that at the end? So I don't play Nintendo or Sega stuff. <laughs> Just I don't know. Just showing myself up, to be honest. Uh, I don't play shit games. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play ninety-six rated games on Metacritic. <laughs> Wind Waker, maybe. No, sorry. It was Twilight Princess. Oh okay, I yeah. Need, I need any any details. He's Is he's that... the Swordmaster, right? He is, yeah. So it's it's in the timeline where because adult Link succeeded in Ocarina of Time, he goes back to being a child, and in that timeline, his deeds were never like they never happened. So he just grows up to be like a random person. It's kind of wow. sad, really. <laughs> Can't wait for the film. Yeah, yeah, it would actually make a very good storyline for the film. Uh okay, that's the Zelda sequence done. So uh well done, everyone. That was a funny few questions. I'm very sorry, Roscoe. <laughs> I'm so I'm so ashamed of myself because I, I count Zelda as one of my favorite franchises. But you were so those, close. There's little minutiae, it's just things that just fall out of your head. Yeah, I wanted to make it a bit more specific because I thought Ganon would be too obvious otherwise. No, you're all right. You're all right to do that. that was, Scuffered you. It was on me. 
Okay, so final five questions are just general knowledge as usual. So question number six, which narrative horror game takes place on a long lost tanker ship and features X-Men's Iceman? Oh my God, Tom. Man of <laughs> oh, here we go. It is Man of Madan. well done. <laughs> He's on it already. Question number seven, if I were a superhero or supervillain, depending on my choices, and I was able to take control of electricity after an explosion delivering... Oh my God, Tom, he's already got it. Is it infamous? It is infamous. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> is, is there any point even holding the quiz with Tom? <laughs> no, no, there literally is. I might as well just give for him my, the point. For my smug sense of self-satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just comes on to embarrass us. Mm. Um, question number eight. What was the name of the spin-off dating game of the popular asymmetrical online horror game Miles, Cat, and Josh are all still addicted to? Oh. Sean! Fuck off, Sean. Oh. <laughs> oh, do you know what? Do you know what? F- fuck it. I know the answer. I'm going to lower my hand. Oh. No, no, no. Go on, Kat. No, please don't. No, please don't. I don't have a chance of, of, of winning here. You may. So please. No, I don't either. No, I don't. No, please. No, please. I, I only did that because <laughs> I couldn't find the hand button and I nearly emojied. And I was saying, fuck off, Sean. It was like, oh, fuck off, Sean. It was me. It was, I was saying, me to fuck off. Um, is it, is it, please, please say the answer. Please give it to Sean. <laughs> is, it who, is it hooked on me? Yes, or it's hooked on you. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have your hand up anyway, so Kat, you can get the answer now. By daylight's hooked on you. It is, yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna give both of you the point and a spiritual yeah, point. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Do, do whatever. But I, I, feel, I, I, feel like sure I wasn't telling you to fuck off. <laughs> I feel like you both did that together. <laughs> um, question number nine. Garrus from the Mass Effect franchise is from which type of species? Oh, Yog. Oh god. Oh, you know. You can do it, Yog. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, Yog. Come on. Oh, it begins with V, I'm fairly certain. Shit, no, I'm going to have to give it a... I had it in my head a moment ago. I clicked, you know, put my hand up, and then my head's just gone blank. Oh, no. Fuck? He's lost it at the last second. Tom's waiting in the wings. Go on, he's, Tom. He's a Turian. He is indeed a Turian. Well done. God damn it. <laughs> that doesn't start with V at all. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> and I'm question... so bad at these quizzes. Uh, it's the pressure of it. Honestly, it's the pressure. It all seems so easy when you're making quizzes, but when you're doing them, it's totally different. Question number 10. Who was the original voice actor for Ghost in the Destiny franchise before being replaced by Nolan North? Sean, you were first. Peter Drinklage. Yes, it was indeed Peter Drinklage. Well done, sir. Wow, over there, <laughs> look, there's a star. We should go towards it. <laughs> we should go to the moon. <laughs> Oh, the hive. Run away. Run away quickly. It was just the moon one when he's like, I wonder if they come from the moon. There's a wizard on that moon. (laughs) Oh, dear. That was was terrible. He got his money. It's fine. (laughs) He did. He got his payoff. I did have a tiebreaker question, but obviously it's uh, not required. But would we like to do the tiebreaker question anyway? Sure. Yeah, yeah, I'll get it right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get it right. <laughs> <laughs> so for a bonus round, name the protagonist of the first three Gears of War games. Sean. Marcus Phoenix. It is indeed Marcus Phoenix. Well done, sir. Fuck you, Tom! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot yeah, to say, it was well. it was sudden death at the end, so uh, the person who got the last one. Winner takes all, baby! Damn. <laughs> Damn. Oh, we're, playing, we're playing Golden Goal rules right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom's, Tom's so unbothered he's like yep don't even care I still wipe the floor with everyone anyway 
um so our final countdown as expected tom is the winner with six points cat you have two points and sean you ended up with three points and roscoe and yog i'm afraid you had no points between you damn you did have a spiritual point though ross i'll take him what a day what a day what a day well thank you very much miles you're most welcome chaos as usual congratulations tom always a pleasure Mm-hmm. Watching your mind work. <laughs> One day I'm going to do a strategy game quiz, and just everyone's going to get zero, and then I'm going to re kick <laughs> the pod. And then oh, so funny. I don't, re- I don't really know where I'm running with this, but one day I will do a quiz. I'll make you a specialist uh, strategy game quiz, Yog. One day I'm just going to throw it at you one week, or I'm going to be like, "This is your moment." Nice. <laughs> and then I'll get like two because I seem to have. Uh... Oh God, I'm having it now. I can't remember the words. <laughs> Stage You'll be under right, pressure. Yeah. yeah, I can't. I can't. We will yeah. do the mastermind quizzes someday. That does sound like fun. So you can you can reign supreme there instead at some point, whatever that will be. That'll be interesting. Yeah. All right, then let's get into the news. And the first bit of news, um, this is kind of random, but um during the week, BBC got in touch with us and they were like, Hey, we want to hear about your podcast. And that was kind of odd. And so um I went on BBC Somerset. Um, to talk to the lovely Mel over there, um, all about the Thinking Guns podcast. And if you haven't heard it and you want to, well, I'm going to play it for you right now in full. It's only 10 minutes. Don't worry. It's not that long. Um, but yeah, we talk all about the podcast and all about Somerset Day, if that was a thing. I don't know. That was a thing. Um, you'll, you'll hear that in the conversation. But do please uh, enjoy. And we are going to be talking about that right now. Now, we have a man who is from Taunton. He's been delivering his knowledge of video games by giving online reviews uh, on a number of titles as well. And just just have a little listen to this. This is the start of their 200th episode. Have a listen. There was an idea. The idea was to bring together a group of slightly remarkable people to see if they could become something more to see if they could work together when we needed them to, to podcast about video games in a way that we never could. Together, they call themselves the Finger Guns Podcast. And this is episode 200. Blimey, I feel like I'm in the cinema listening to that. That was amazing. Now, Ross Keniston is the host of the Finger Guns podcast. He's joining me right now to have a little chat. Ross, how are you? You all right? I'm very well, thank you. It's very strange to hear that on the radio. It sounded amazing. It was booming. I really felt like I was sat in a seat in the cinema and something was going to happen. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was uh, that was incredible. BBC Somerset, thank you. Oh, it was great to hear it. Now, I need to find out how long you've been doing this sort of thing. Well, I've been a kind of a journalist in a way um, for around about ten years now. Me and my friends have been jumping in and out of websites, but um, for the past six years, FingerGuns.net has been uh, pretty good for us. And for the last four years, um, I've been anchoring the finger guns podcast so it's been it's been a little while now yeah we're, we're just doing episode 203 this week actually so it's yeah, keeping you busy then yeah keeping you really busy oh, 
Now, um, you did mention about the podcast, of course, but firstly, I need, I need to find out more about this. So basically, you go into reviewing video games, don't you? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's the core part of what we do here at Freaky Guns, for sure. But the thing is, if I think about it, when my son was a teenager and more into his computer all the time, um, he used to watch the reviews and the other people playing more than what he actually played, to be honest with you. Right. Yeah. Um, YouTube is a uh, is, is is a hell of a force for, for things like that. It's, um, you know, there's there's always access to content. If you can't buy the game for whatever reason or can't have access to the game, there's always a way to find out how it plays, if it's for you and... You know, video reviews in YouTube will always take over uh, written reviews, but we're we're trying to keep the uh, the flag flying for for old school reviews the same way that we grew up reading games magazines as kids. You know, mm. um, trying to keep that that thing going. That's great to hear. Now, now uh, I have to find out as well. Is, is this your dream job? So basically, are you? Oh, I'm imagining in my head you're getting to play all these new games and try them out, and then obviously speak about them. So you're the first to get your hands on them. Um, it's definitely a bonus. Um, it's definitely a perk of of um, of doing the website. And we're we now, I guess, popular enough that a lot of the big publishers will reach out to us for reviews. It's an incredible feeling to get to that position to have the likes of Sega and Nintendo and Sony reaching out to you, going, "Hey, we've got this game. Would you like to review?" And it's like, obviously, the big kid in me is like, "Yes, absolutely, of course, I want to review that game." Um, and so those are those those are the perks. But you know, it does. It takes up a lot of our time. I've got a full-time job on top of this. And so we all have everyone that's involved in the website. And so it's completely done on, on our own free time. And we do our very best to keep it fresh and keep it updated every single day. So, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it alongside finding the time to actually play the games that we are given to review. Can you be brutal? Are you br- brutal about some of the games? Yes. <laughs> well, no, we, we are as fair as we possibly can be. We've got a 1 to 10 rating scale. Um, if a game deserves a two or a three unfortunately that's what the score is going to be um but i do my best not to personally go down there as much as i can i try and look for the glass half full aspect of what this game is you know developing a video game is an incredibly difficult thing to do and there's so many complex ways of making it happen and so that's always in the back of my mind when i'm playing it the fact that i'm even playing it and the fact that they've even created it is a minor miracle and so even if the end product isn't maybe as great as it could be, I try and remember that and try and make sure that there's some guiding light in every game that comes out. So you did mention, of course, you do the podcast, but also you work full time. And where do you get time to do the gaming as well? <laughs> well, this is it. This is uh, this is the uh, the minor miracle. You know, we uh, we have a, a nice big team of I think it's about ten or eleven of us now. Um, we we spread out the uh, the workload as much as we possibly can and. Um, on my days off, I will do my best to sit down and turn on my consoles and try and knock things out as best I can. But yeah, we all work. Um, I work nights as well. And so that's a bonus. I can sort of go into work. And when I'm off duty, I can sit down with a game. I can play it there. Um, so there's always little nooks and crannies during our lifetime where we can actually sit down and play these things. Oh, it's good to hear. Now, we do know, obviously, podcasts, it's all um, moving in that direction at the minute. But but you've been doing this for four years, haven't you? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, this is the fifth year that we're moving into now. And we're having an absolute blast. You know, it's um, it's something that we really enjoy doing. It's me and you know some friends of mine and, you know, people that come in brand new. And then we all become really close pretty quickly just through the website, through our mutual love of video games and entertainment in general. and 
we have a a very kind of a small but passionate audience for, for, for the website that uh, that we know will tune in every week and the numbers that, that we see are really encouraging so we uh, we make sure that we're not doing it just for us and my two mates down the road you know it's um <laughs> we are we're kind of worldwide i think one of the the biggest things we have i have access to all these strange little inf- tidbits of information and last year i remember looking at them and there was two people that listened to the podcast in ukraine wow and this was this was at the height of you know this was at the height of the invasion yeah and we yeah. saw like two people in the ukraine so i've tried my best to reach out to them and tried to obviously we know we didn't hear anything back but there's a there was a thought in my head that someone's using our website as a source of comfort in that time yeah to just try and get through it and that was a that was an incredible feeling yeah um, a lovely thought it's 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 amazing so to know that you know our podcast is so dumb but it's like it's just you know we, we have such a good time doing it and the fact that that can rub off on other people is a really wonderful feeling so so when you're doing the podcast is it because i know how podcasts are moving now as well where they've always got a camera and they're they're you know you might have a couple of guys sat around the microphones and talking into the microphones and having a chat and maybe filming it as well is, is that how it is? is is it really relaxed what is it like when you actually do your podcasts it's very relaxed it's just over zoom um and we have all the video off we just talk audio it's just like a giant phone call really um and we record it from there and then from there i'll take it down to my laptop and I'll spruce it up and edit it and take out things that should never, ever, ever be broadcast to anyone. And then, <laughs> and then uh, just try and condense it down to a, around about an hour and a half or two hours. And so it's, um, yeah, it's just a phone call over Zoom, except for the the milestone episodes, like the 200 episode that we did um, that you played. Um, that was recorded because we had a, uh, we had a celebrity guest on. So we thought we'd uh, mark that occasion, which was quite nice. That's amazing. Um, so, yeah, if we go go back to the, the mastered episodes, those are the ones that are always video on, record it, just have a good time. Mm, good. So it should be. So it should be. Uh, now, mm. the, the name as well, the Finger Guns podcast, where, where did this all come? We were working it out before and we thought it was maybe to do with the emoji or um, where did it come from? Um, it's, it's a deep cut from a video game called Tales from the Borderlands um, where they have a shootout, but it's all with finger guns. Um, and so bullets are coming out of their fingers and it's a very memorable uh, scene from games that we all loved so we thought let's call it finger guns and if people ask that's where it came from Um, and so it's kind of fun because we go to exhibitions and we go to events and things like that and um, developers and publishers will say hey come and play our video game come over and then we'll do finger guns and they go oh you're from finger guns and I did that once and I never did it again because I felt very embarrassed but it was (laughs) um, it was it was a weird way for them to know that know who we were yeah kind of like an instant thing you know and so um people do it to us all the time if we ever go to exhibitions they'll just do the finger guns ass or go yeah that still isn't getting old which is quite nice oh yeah i I like that i've chosen not to do it myself (laughs) (laughs) it's like that thing when you're a kid and you go around with your friends and you were doing that you know and um playing Mm -hmm. about it's nice i like it it's a good idea really good idea um well it sounds brilliant and and if people are listening now where where can they go to find it uh, the Finger Guns podcast. If you look for the Finger Guns Network on Spotify, Apple, Deezer, Google, Amazon, anywhere you can get a podcast. Um, the Finger Guns Network, because we do the Finger Guns podcast and then we do a, a myriad of other spin off little podcasts as well. Um, so there's kind of a whole network of different episodes and things that you can get. Uh, so yeah, the Finger Guns Network on Spotify, Apple, anywhere you get your podcast, you can come and um, check us out. Yeah, and pull up a pull up a chair and have a listen because that's what uh, that's what we love to do is trying to entice people and 
have a good time and relax and just talk about our passions, which is what we do every week. Brilliant. I like to hear that. Now, Ross, are you doing anything special for Somerset Day today? Are you uh, maybe having a, um, I don't know, a Somerset cake of some kind or some cheese? Um, yes, absolutely. Are you, yeah. um, uh, um, are you really? I, I, I knew it was Somerset Day today. Of course I did. Um, <laughs> you didn't uh, have a clue, did you? Uh, no, but I will now. I do now. And so I'm going to go and do something. What, exactly. What oh, go and get yourself a nice bit of cider and some cheddar cheese and you'll be happy. <laughs> That's a great idea. What a great idea. All right. That was us on BBC Sounds. And it's very, very strange that um, they played our Avengers intro. Wild. Um, I played, I made that in like five minutes for the 200th episode. And now it's on the radio. It's very weird. But thank you very much indeed to uh, Josh and Mel over at BBC Somerset for reaching out and uh, getting in touch. It was a very fun thing to do. And uh, yeah, I'm glad people are checking out the podcast now a little more than they were before. So let's get into the main news. And this week, um, the first thing we're going to get into is Mortal Kombat 1. Is that a thing that's actually happening? Um, if you have seen the latest trailer for a tease that NetherRealm have put out, um, you'll see that there is a clock. And the clock goes 8, 9, 10, 11. Of course, we're currently on Mortal Kombat 11. It skips 12 and goes straight to 1. Now, people are getting a bit like, what's going on here? And obviously, like, could it be a remake of Mortal Kombat 1? Could they be rebooting the entire franchise and starting over again? There's no real news as of yet. Um, so a lot of stuff is fun to speculate about. Um, I'm going to throw it out. Uh, Miles, what do you think is happening here? Um, well, it kind of ties into what's going on with Mortal Kombat 11's story. Um, does anyone particularly care about spoilers all that much here? Are we okay with me sort of talking about it? In Mortal Kombat? Yeah, there is a story, weirdly. It's not amazing, but there is one. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm good with Mortal Kombat spoilers. Okay. If anyone doesn't want to hear spoilers, now is the time to ignore my voice entirely for the next minute or two. Um, effectively, Mortal Kombat in this sequence of the last like three games has been gearing up towards like the whole time element thing. So Liu Kang's kind of acquired the ability to manipulate time. He can now go back in time, change things, make different decisions, whatever. Um, and so the whole kind of thing of what's happening now is they've probably been preparing that they're going to reboot it. And now they have a, a narrative excuse to reboot again, um, where Liu Kang's potentially going to go all the way back to the start of everything and start changing everything. Um, so it ties in nicely, it gives them an excuse to be able to do it, because um, I think they've kind of run their course with the quite wild story they were taking the series down into in the last couple of games. Um, but it's just exciting. I'm a huge Mortal Kombat fan. I just love the gameplay of it so much. Um, and I'm very excited to see what they're going to introduce that will hopefully be different or make it unique or stand out in different ways. Um, the last couple of games, they've been really toying with the idea of like defensive mechanics, um, and giving you the opportunities to use different kind of specials, um, kind of mid-match in between, um, which has elevated the skill ceiling even higher for it. Um, so yeah, it'll be nice that they'll have a kind of clean slate to kind of rebuild with whole new characters, new storylines. Um, obviously, they'll keep the fan favorite stuff in probably, um, but it, I think it just gives them a creative excuse to go a bit nuts and create new things rather than having to stick to the format and template that they've already had. Um, because, yeah, some of their more recent character uh, designs haven't been the best. So, 
yeah, I think it just gives them that opportunity. And as a fan of the series, I'm really excited to see what they're going to come up with. Um, it's been too long, you know. I need I need more Mortal Kombat games. I need them more frequently. So this is good news. There was another video, wasn't there, um, which showed like a an, an a hourglass or something. Yes, yeah. Um, and it kind of exploded and um, kind of like a big bang thing happened, which I suppose would again tie into a, a timeline reset. Yes, yeah. I think it's the idea of Liu Kang's kind of destroyed everything about the timeline as it was. Um, and that's kind of being shown in this kind of teaser, I think. So, yeah, it's a nice kind of way of fitting it all together while also giving them the valid justification to be like, hey, everything's going to change now. And it's fine because we built up to this in the game's story, which no one pay attention to. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it'll be fun. Nice. Cool. Interesting. Um, yeah, I think I know the answer to this, but um, are you a veteran Mortal Kombat player? No. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think, and maybe I'm maybe I'm completely batshit in thinking this, but I feel like Mortal Kombat has been around so long that like you're either like a diehard Mortal Kombat fan or you're a diehard Tekken fan, and I don't think there's there's people who equally love both the same. And for me, I always veered on the Tekken side than I did the Mortal Kombat side, because um, they were both just as big as each other. Like. 10 20 years ago um but i appreciate that mortal combat is probably a lot bigger and gets a lot more love um yeah i can't really hear finish her or finish him without um without really turning it quite quite dirty in my head so oh. <laughs> okay there well that's we a nice that's yeah. a nice angle that's yeah. kind of my that's my kind of my only relation to uh <laughs> to Mortal Kombat, other than I've played a few matches. The thing is as well, like, so when Miles invites friends round, he actually da- re-downloads Mortal Kombat and he plays it with, with them, but he doesn't play it with them. He fucking soul destroys them because he's so good at it. And there's ah, oh, he lost again. Never mind. And it's honestly it's savage to watch. That's savage I am, to I am watch fucking him, horrible like, about it. Like I'm not. I don't yeah. even pretend that I'll be nice about it. Yeah. I'm an actual asshole like, with it. <laughs> people think that they're they're here for like a nice clean game of like um, Tekken and uh, not Tekken, Mortal Kombat. A nice clean game, a nice kind of friendly like match. He's playing like he's in the fucking Championship League. He's like smashing them out in like. 10 seconds and it's so fucking savage like welcome to our home would you like to be demoralized to your soul um so yeah so i don't have much because i also was victim to that little come around we'll play games i'll absolutely hammer you out fucking mortal combat um <laughs> make you feel like an absolute dick um so since then uh no i've, I've not really not really mortal combat's uh, fun Fair. There. Yeah, that's horrible. Chris tries to do that. Yeah, I he, think like, they f- come around and they're like, "Hey, man, let's uh, let's play some FIFA. Uh, let's punch your face." And then I beat him like six deal. And <laughs> then those are the fun times. Yeah, I think yeah, the fourth no, decapitation me... in a row was too much for you, wasn't it? <laughs> just stop. Just yeah. Just fuck off. Um, <laughs> no, give me um like Law and Nina and Michelle and King any day, but uh, not Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Um, Tommy, have you got any history with Mortal Kombat? Uh, not much. I do like fighting games, but um, Mortal Kombat's not been one I've really kept up with. I think they already did a reboot. Wasn't 9 a reboot? 9 was a reboot, yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't actually like played a Mortal Kombat 
like a lot since Deadly Alliance, which was like early two thousands. Mm. Um, but like I know Mortal Kombat is beloved, and um, I've def I've definitely got an interest in trying it, but it's not the one that I go to first. But yeah, this this looks like they're doing the reboot thing. I mean, simplify it, right? Like, there's a lot going on with the Mortal Kombat world. It is probably the most story-rich fighting game. Mm. Um, but yeah, simplify it, cut down the cast a bit, keep some of the fun new ones, like, uh, Dev- I think her name's Devora. She likes spits bees. She's fun. Oh. Um, but yeah... Yeah, not something I've got a lot to say about, honestly. Um, I'm I'm more of a Street Fighter, Guilty Gear player. Mm. Fair, fair, fair. Um, Sean, um, you took this news. Are you excited for a possible uh, rehashing of um, Mortal Kombat once again? I am, yeah. It's my second favourite fighting game series. And um, here's, here's what I've been told. So, Oh, here we go. The, the, this is a, a soft reset of the series following on from the events of Eleven, which Miles explained very well, but, you know, time is fucked. Um, and it is kind of a soft reset based on the fact that, you know, depending on who you play through the campaign with in Eleven leaves time in certain situations. And even at the start of Eleven, some characters who are beloved are in shitty situations. And it sounds like the way that they're going to do is is having... A, a particular character get hold of time and for them to reset. So, you know, a lot of the events that we've had will, will still exist, so they can still go back to them should they want to, but actually time's all messed up. And it is kind of a, a remake, but also not a remake, um, so that there's kind of um, some stuff from other games that will re- remain, um, and it it's not going to be a very cut-down roster, but it's going to be um, a lot of fun favorites going to be there, and there's going to be some really questionable guest characters. Um, when I say questionable, you think you know, like the one that everyone's kind of been banding around is Homelander, which I don't know. Interesting. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can see that. Um, Interesting because because um, Carl Urban's playing Johnny Kang, isn't he? In one combat two, is Johnny Cage. There was okay. a yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's um, there's there's lots of rumors floating around, but what I've been told is that it is it isn't the it's in the full reboots. It's kind of a soft reset of the series, so that you know it could be a better jumping on point for people who've not been playing the game for a while. Um, but Mortal Kombat, essentially, you know, that series will 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 never go away. You cannot fatality Mortal Kombat, and. Um, I'm I'm very happy about it because it's my favorite game to a friend. Go to a friend's house and go, oh, Mortal Kombat, do you want a game? And I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't played this one. And then to follow in Miles' footstep to absolutely fucking obliterate them. So it's yeah, I'm just bashing buttons, guys. Is is, is great. Um, <laughs> okay, we need a uh, we need a uh, Sean versus Miles. No, I'm, 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 I think Miles would would absolutely the same as as Greg. I I play it to a degree where I'm happy to beat all of my friends, and then I went against Greg, and I was like, oh fuck off, Greg. And I, I think Greg and Miles might be a better better face off because although I don't know if Greg's played Mortal Kombat for quite a while, um, but um, yeah, 
I it's, it's it's a great. I went around to my dad's house at Christmas. He just bought Mortal Kombat ten, and uh, he was like, "Oh, look at this!" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, this this looks great." And played this since the third one when me and you were playing as kids, and then proceeded to smash his face in with every single character. <laughs> <laughs> Press a random button so you don't get your favorites. No problem, Dad. No problem. Why does um, Mortal Kombat bring this out in people? Um, this, oh, we're playing a natural game. Actually, I would destroy you. It's the embarrassment of being uh, <laughs> like having finish him done to you. Like, I think that's what drives it is you just have to be the one doling out the pain. You can't be the one suffering a finisher. <laughs> and I think from, uh, from, from my perspective, I think it's because because it's so gory and they've had the, the x-ray bits in other ones. You feel like you're doing physical pain to someone. Yeah, <laughs> it's visceral, man. <laughs> also, Predator in ten was so good, like disgustingly good, and I want them to bring him back again. I take that. I mean, the last Mortal Kombat I played was literally Mortal Kombat two on my PC when I was a kid, and I managed to debug it to the point where, and um, we could have like the the faces of the developers in the in the characters or something, and it was just absolutely wild and. I wasn't allowed to play it, obviously, because my mum was not impressed with the uh, the level of gore back in those days when they had like the photo real mocap or whatever the, the the weird sort of like realistic characters that they had, and it was like way back when. And you know, I've not played this in since like I was Scorpion or, uh, you know, the cold one. What's his name? Sub Zero. Yeah. Sub Zero. Yeah. <laughs> the cold. My one. Ma- my yeah. main. <laughs> the cold one. I'm sorry, I really couldn't remember. Um, Yoggers, how's your Mortal Kombat history? Terrible. Okay. Absolutely terrible. Um, should, should we leave it there and move on? Or? <laughs> yeah, beat them up. I, I, I say this about a lot of games. Beat them up, so I think. I think the only one I've ever played was Street Fighter. No, Tekken. I played a Tekken on PS2. Uh, but I'm going back to like mid 2000s. Aha. See, so. that's that also suggests my theory. You're a Mortal Kombat or you're a Tekkener. <laughs> <laughs> I've given more evidence. Here. Yeah, you are Perfect. my evidence. I mean, it stands to reason the best fighting game of all time is still Soul Calibur 2 on the GameCube. Oh, you can I play played, as Link. I played a Soul Calibur. Um, I had a friend at the time. Uh, who was really into it. So whenever I went around his house, he'd always make me play with him, and uh, I don't think I ever won oh, a single time. But yeah, I remember Soul Calibur. I have played a little bit of that. Oh, those were the days. Soul Calibur 2 on my gig, and my friends would play for hours. Yeah, you could play as Link. On the Xbox, you could play as Spawn. And on the PlayStation, you could play as... Sean, help me out. It was it? Kratos? Yes! No, hey, hey, oh, it was Heihachi. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was just a really cool kind of way to have a very special character in your own version of the game. And yeah, having Link to play as in Soul Calibur was a lot of fun, but yeah, I've not played a lot of, of uh, fighters, obviously, played Street Fighter 2 a lot. I've told that story before, but um, yeah, very old school. My, my, my fighters, but this might be interesting. Um, I'm quite kind of curious as to what they do now with Mortal Kombat moving forward, but um, there is another fighter on the way, and that is. Street Fighter 6 is pretty much around the corner now. And we're getting all hyped about Capcom because Capcom this week have confirmed a record number of game sales as share prices hit an all-time high. Capcom have sold more games in its last fiscal year than any other in its history. 
in his end year financial results. It published on Wednesday. This is from BGC, by the way. Um, Mr. Andy Robinson, which covered the year ended March 31st, 2023. The Resident Evil publisher said it sold 41.7 million games during the 12-month period. That's up from 32.6 million games the previous fiscal year and breaks its own record for the most games sold in a business year. Now, this is pretty wild because we do talk about Capcom and how they're just on a they're just on, on another plane at the moment in terms of releasing banger after banger after banger. And it doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. Um, Sean, are they the best publisher in the world right now? Close. Definitely up Ooh. there. I mean, you know, you look at Sony's outputs and you look at Nintendo's outputs, and it's hard to argue either of those could be surpassed by Capcom currently. I think they certainly... What I, what I would say is that Capcom, you know, probably a decade ago, probably made a decision that we're going to continue to make games that that um, suit what we do, and they are going to chase industry trends because... They've had, you can count the number of games as a service on a couple of fingers. Um, you can count the amount of uh, times they've tried to shoehorn unnecessary pay-for mechanics um, on one hand. You know, they, they've essentially just gone out and gone, we're going to make good games and we're going to sell good games and they're going to sell. So, and that's what they've done. And all of their stuff targets a very specific um, kind of player. And whatever they release is normally the best of that genre. You know, Monster Hunter, everyone's chasing the Monster Hunter thing now. You know, you've got EA doing Monster Hunter in what was Wild Hearts. Um, yeah. You've got everybody trying to chase Resident Evil in their survival horror to varying degrees of success. So it just feels like that, you know, they made a decision. We're going to do what we do. We're not going to try and chase where everyone else was chasing the cash. And obviously, these games take years to develop. So, you know, the 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 games have been they've stuck to their strategy for a long time, and it's worked out for them. Um, which you know, when you look at console manufacturers, they don't normally have to monetize because their games are what sell the console, so they don't need to monetize. But outside of outside of Capcom, there aren't many publishers these days that are doing this kind of solitary. Okay, sure, they've had a bit of dabble with loot boxes and shit here and there, but it doesn't last long because as soon as someone says this doesn't work, they don't they don't keep at it, which you can't say for a lot of other people, you know. So yeah. I think their games are very high quality, but I think it's a, a their games are a testament to the fact that they stuck to their strengths and continue to make games that they knew they could make without either you know, budget on quality or upsetting their entire fan base. And uh, more props to them for doing that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it is one hell of a run they're currently on, and um, yeah, it does speak to. They're just you know they know what their audience wants and that's um that's a great point. Um, Miles, does this current string of Capcom Wonderment make you even more excited for Exo Primal? Of course, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like we needed more excitement for Exo Primal, is it? <laughs> not really, no. Um, no, I think um yeah, I think Sean's kind of nailed it in that for me, like Capcom are one of the few kind of publishers that I would trust. You know, if I'm going to fork out 70 pounds, which they don't even really charge full price for a lot of their games, which I think is interesting in and of itself. Um, But if I was going to fork out that kind of money, Capcom is the kind of publisher that I would trust will give me value for that money. Um, A lot of their games release in complete states. They're not broken. They're not really buggy or glitchy. They might have the odd problem, but they generally release in a really good functional state, which Seems like an odd thing to appreciate, but in 2023, the majority of games, as we've seen, like Jedi Survivor, are 
can be messy. So I think there's a trust element to it, but also I think they've just cornered their niches. You know, they've got Devil May Cry, which is probably up there as the best in its class in terms of hack and slash, you know, fighting games, action adventure. You know, they've got Street Fighter, which is, you know, top of its class in terms of beat-em-ups and whatever. Um, and then with Resident Evil, they've just got a gold mine. You know, these remakes have all been incredibly well made and they feel like brand new experiences and brand new games, you know, unlike other remakes that we've discussed before. <clears throat> these ones feel like worthy investments. And I think Exo Primal is their riskiest move. And I, I do hope that they manage to get it right because it would be a shame to lose their streak on a game that they've decided to take a bit of a gamble on. And I was obviously very against it because it's not Dino Crisis and all I want is my Dino Crisis remake. Um, but after actually we played it on the beta, we had so much fun. And again, it's one of those where I was skeptical and I was a bit resistant towards it. But it's another one that I played of theirs. And I was like, this is good. They just fundamentally make good games. Um, and I think they're a rare gem in an industry that's otherwise populated with quite negative practices and everything else. Um, and like Sean said as well, they keep the the other stuff to a minimum. You know, they do have some microtransactions, but a lot of them are just unlocking in-game stuff quicker, um, which you can do just playing through the game as it is. So they're not necessary, they're not forced on you. Um, and they're large, you can largely ignore them altogether. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a combination of all those things and just putting out high quality games. It's funny what Phil Spencer said the other week in this context of if we just made good games, people wouldn't buy our consoles and Capcom and Sony are kind of proving that that is exactly what people will do. If you make good games, people will buy them and they will buy into an ecosystem to play those games. Um, so yeah, I think they're just nailing it and I do hope they keep it up for the next couple of years or into the future. Don't say that because he's going to buy Capcom next. Yeah, God, imagine. <laughs> I think if anything, Sony will be plucking out Capcom. Oh my God, can you imagine? That would be quite something. That would be quite the the gauntlet to be thrown down. Indeed, indeed. Um, Cat, I mean, we're talking about like Sony and Capcom really kind of up there at the moment. If you've got a preferential, I mean, I know the, the Capcom backlog isn't your most played games, but you know, I, I suppose from an outsider, <laughs> you can kind of sort of appreciate what they've been doing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like for, I mean, what was it in the last kind of year they've done Resi everything <laughs> and they've got Monster Hunter and all that jazz. So I can absolutely appreciate the ginormous market. And I think Miles is right to say they're very trusted. And if Capcom are going to release it, then the likelihood is that it's it's got some welly behind it. Um, in answer to your question, obviously for myself, for my um, preferences, just because I don't really play any Resident Evil. <laughs> um, I love to watch it, but I love to watch it between my fingers, um, shouting, oh my God, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Um, obviously, I will. I would always take a Sony first party. Um, so yeah, but um, no, I can absolutely appreciate that it's an incredibly humongous publisher. Um, and... I'm not surprised that it's, um, you know, hitting records. And I think Miles is completely right. And I, we were kind of, we dusted along that point last week because we'd had so much to say about Xbox. But I completely disagree with what he was saying about that, just like Miles was pointing out, is that, like, he's like, oh, it's not just all about making good games. Well, it is. And, <laughs> and they're not proving that anyway. But regardless, like, actually, Miles is completely right. Capcom are proving actually it is about making good games and you'll get the respect, you'll get the trust 
and that's going to go a lot further um and yeah they're kind of completely disproving that sentiment or statement fair play capcom good guy capcom yeah good guy good eggs good (laughs) ggs good eggs capcom we love capcom um Tommy, have you got a favourite from the Capcom backlog of kind of like recent games that you jumped you, you jumped into? Your Obviously, I know you, you love the Resi remake. So yeah, uh, Capcom are probably my favourite publisher since what 2016, 2017, when RE Seven came out. Um, Capcom in the last almost decade, I guess. Hold on, let me just check. Yeah, 2017. After RE6 was notoriously like not very well liked by Resident Evil players, I think Capcom have been quite intensely listening to actually what their fans want. Um, they're kind of like genre leaders for action games. Monster Hunter created a genre and continues to be just doing insane numbers. Devil May Cry 5 is probably the best action game of all time. Street Fighter is leading up to its biggest launch ever, and it's probably going to be the best-selling fighting game of all time. Um, They're putting so much money into it. Like the Capcom Cup this year, the first prize is a million dollars, which is unheard of. And then you've obviously got the Resident Evil franchise and them resurrecting it after six and just going, you know what? Ah, resurrecting. That, that was totally not intentional. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take it. it. Um they've they've um yeah, totally like brought it back after quite a long time of I think trying to westernize stuff a bit too hard. They tried to go in too hard with multiplayer Resident Evil spin-offs. They still do, and that's probably the worst stuff they do. Like they stuck one onto um, Village and the RE3 remake, and I don't think either of them were particularly liked. Um, but yeah, like Miles said, like Exoprimal seems like their risk game um, because I think they're doing so well, they're allowed to sort of go, hey, let's like try something weird or weirdish uh that isn't normally what we do so they're trying to enter like the shooter space because it, it, it's it's a pvpve game right does yes. anyone know yeah Pretty right much, yeah. yeah um but they're they're like doing that and that's going to be a side thing and if it does well hooray and if it doesn't i think they'll be they'll be just fine um, they've also got Pragmata coming, which I don't think anyone actually knows what that game is. Um, all they've done is release that trailer with a little girl and the spaceman. Oh, and man, they... that was in the original PS5 reveal, Shuggy, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, and then they delayed it last year, I think, to yeah. this year, and we still don't know what it is. And then they've also got Dragon's Dogma 2 coming out, which is one of my most anticipated games ever. Um, Capcom deserve all of this as well because everything they've put out has been like insanely high quality and like miles said they're not charging the 70 quid that xbox are charging for a game that's busted on launch 
and that they knew was busted on launch and put out anyway. Nobody didn't know. <laughs> um, it's true. Like that's what's really frustrating. Kind of a tangent, but the price hike is so egregious when the quality control just clearly isn't there, and they'll just go, "I'll oh, fix it in a patch." And then Resident Evil 4 Remake comes out and it's probably better than the original. And it's also 55 quid as opposed to 70. Um, yeah. Like, they've earned the trust back from everyone. And I'm genuinely really glad that they're, like, thriving from it. Um, I think a big part of that is the RE engine. Um, that thing is insane. Oh god, deep down. Oh no, Sean. <laughs> ah, opened a wound. Um Yeah, yeah. Um everything they've put out has been great. And I hope we do see more weird experimental stuff and they don't just stick to remakes, because they're probably gonna remake RE5 and 6. Um, at some point, or do something with that's it. That's the thing we talked about that a little while back on the pod about is our own is like RE five and six a are, they're not as universally beloved as two, three, and four, are they? Five is hard to go back to if you're playing solo, but it is mm. fun still as co-op. Like they just didn't have the AI down. Um, six, I can't get through. I've tried playing through Resident <laughs> Evil six like half a dozen times. And I get to the exact same point in Lee, because that game has four different campaigns and they're each like eight hours, as far as I'm aware, apart from like the Ada one, which I think is a bit shorter. Um, they're all co-op, again, I think, apart from the Ada one. And the best one is supposedly Leon's one, and that's the one I can't even get through. It's just a mess. It's a re- It plays really well, but it's not what I think people wanted from Resident Evil. Mm. They went too far the other way in it. So if they do do these remakes, which they might, um, they've proven in the Resident Evil 4 remake that the AI is good because there are moments in that game where you have uh, Lewis with you and he's really competent and he's being helpful. Um, and if they don't remake him, that's fine too. You know, like, I, I people were like, oh, RE4 didn't need a remake. And then it didn't, but it was also like, 18 years old i think and like people have remade stuff way sooner than that i think it's just because re4 was still lauded but hey it came out and it's fucking excellent just like almost everything capcom's done they've barely had a dud in seven years yeah um so yeah this this increase in sales and doing well is deserved and like uh like sean said they're not milking people uh, Miles mentioned that they are. I think we talked about it on the last podcast. I was on Resident Evil Four Remake, added some microtransactions after, but all they are is all they ever really are is time skips. If you want to skip out on grinding for something, um, so yeah, Capcom are nailing it, and they're probably my favorite publisher. Um, and yeah, ev- everything they've released has been great for a long time. And it's it's their their consistency has been sort of insane. Yeah, it's it's crazy, it's crazy. Um, Yogis, have you got the final word on this one? Um, I think, although it's not my 
Capcom games aren't really my forte. The last Resident Evil I played... <laughs> this has been a tough podcast for you, hasn't it? Man? <laughs> it has been a very tough podcast, this one. But the problem is I, I'm stuck in my ways with strategy games, the odd shooter, and the odd RPG. So I tend to not play too many mainstream games. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, the last Capcom game I played was Resident Evil 4. So it's been a while for me. Um, but it's really good to see that the games they have been releasing in recent years are coming out and aren't utterly broken on release, which you'd think would be the basics for a lot of publishers, but it really is turned into not being the case for a lot of recent games. So that's always nice. And they're, they're not just, you know, it's not just that they work, they're really well-crafted, well-made games as well. Whether it's mm. uh, brand new ones or um, like sequels in a series or so on, uh, or even like remakes and so on, they they just seem to be able to craft a good experience for the player, um, which is is better than we uh, can be said for some other publishers that were out recently. And I think yeah. for that, they should be applauded. Absolutely, yeah, you're absolutely right. Nice one, Capcom. Long may it continue. Um, finally, there is a little tip that's going around about the new Nintendo console. Um, there's nothing about, actually, really, but Nintendo have said development seems to be progressing well and a product launch won't happen before next spring at the earliest. So this time next year, we could be playing all brand new Nintendo consoles and get very, very excited about it. I can actually finally play Tears of the Kingdom the way it was meant to be played in 60 FPS in 4K. Very excited about that. Um, I guess the question to you guys is, what would you want from a new Nintendo system? Um, anything that the Switch is lacking, something that you want to see from them directly? Uh, I'll start with uh, Tom, who's sort of in the Switch right now. Um, where would you want to see Nintendo go next? Performance. Better performance. Yay! <laughs> That's literally it. <laughs> We're all done with our Xbox 360 cool. level and, switches now. Let's move on. And, uh, and more consistency with Joy-Cons, because... Them coming out and saying Joy-Con drifts, not really a thing, even though it fucking is, because everyone I've ever known has had issues with their Joy-Cons. Yep. Same and they're still charging 70 quid for a pair. Um, that, um, yeah, performance. Um, and to be backwards compatible, I, I'm assuming they're going to keep down the cartridge route and probably develop higher capacity cartridges. Um, I can't see the Switch backlog not working on the next one because it is so genuinely very good. Um, yeah, just 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 make. I don't even care about 4K. Just run good consistently, please, for the love of God. Like I'm tired. It's really tiring seeing like um, directs and having trailers that are designed to sell the game having big frame rate dips like that that's like that's really bad like your product you should want to show your product at its best and if that is at its best that's a hardware issue and the switch the switch wasn't even particularly high spec when it came out um but yeah it, it's really really showing its age um and it's limiting what can actually be on it I know um, Activision have said they want to put Call of Duty on the Switch, but like it'll, it'll catch on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it's it's limiting stuff that can come out. It's limiting what developers are able to do on it. Um, so yeah, I just hope that the next one, and it will, of course it will. Technology, it's always advancing, but yeah, just oh yeah, that's that's my biggest gripe with the Switch. And like mm. I say, it's six years old. What like I'm not expecting the world from it, but even like, like we've still got a year to go. Yeah, yeah I think we need to move from the cloud-based games. Oh God, um, the Switch gets all these <laughs> brand new games, but you can only run them via an internet connection, and that's something that they need to squash. The most, bo- the most mind-boggling one is Kingdom Hearts One and Two. Yeah. PS2, they're PS2 games. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had a thing. I, I, apparently, because those games have long cutscenes. Apparently, the cutscenes were so long that it would cut out your cloud connection. <laughs> wow. Like, that's amazing. Mind boggling. Um, I'm sure they fixed that, but that's not a good look. Like, Resident Evil 7, Switch on the cloud, Hitman yeah. on the cloud. Like, yeah. cloud gaming has its, has its use cases, and if it works, good. I don't know how well it works on the Switch, but the Switch's internet connection isn't particularly very good anyway. Um, so yeah, just I just want to play games and them play nicely. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, that's, that's absolutely fair. But yeah, I, it's going to be the same sort of form factor. They've kind of nailed it with the Switch to the point where like the Steam Deck and everything, they're kind of copying that style because it's comfortable. Like... Mm. Um, I don't know what else they can really do. To in- I know they like to do innovative things each time. Um, and we say this, don't we? We always go, what will Nintendo do next? And then they, they don't just, need to. Then they just go and do it. And it's like, oh, that's what they're doing next. Okay. I don't think they need to anymore. Because mm. like, they also said they're, not expe- they're expecting Switch sales to dip again this year, which makes sense because everyone's fucking got one because they've sold 100 million billion consoles. Um. Yeah, we've got hundred and twenty-five point six billion. We have got uh, four switches in this house. (laughs) (laughs) Like people can't just buy them anymore. So of course this house is gonna go down because this was an investor's call, I think. This whole thing. That's when they revealed it. Um so that's true. That's a hundred percent like that's not a lie. It's not coming. Stop the rumors for the love of God. Indeed. Um it felt kind of like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Just just run good, please, <laughs> for for more than, like, two years. Run good. I guess the big question is, um, Hogwarts Legacy on Switch has been delayed uh, until November. That was the most insane um, one. That game... They also said it wasn't cloud-based. No, no, it's running off a cartridge. No, nah, uh, it's not coming out. <laughs> they can't, Marvel uh, Sons' port got cancelled. Yeah. Like, Sean, do you see Hogwarts coming out? Nope. <laughs> I mean, all the magic in the world cannot make that fucking thing run well on a PS4 and Xbox 360, uh, Xbox One, sorry. So, you know, it runs fine, but can you imagine how scaled back that game's going to have to be to run on a Switch without cloud connection? Yeah. Just, what a waste. Not every game needs to be on Switch. Let's let's just put it out there. Despite what everyone says. Where's the Switch version? Where's the Switch version? Fuck off. 
please. <laughs> like, uh, sounds like me a few years ago. Where's the switch yeah, version? I, I need the switch version. I, Give it to me. I get it. Like, you know, new Call of Duty, where's the switch version? No, 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 no. Don't make everyone else play with switch players. Cross play is a thing now. Let's not play with switch players. <laughs> Oh, I watch, yes. Inside, yes. Call of Duty, no. Yeah, give me every single indie I can play on a buzz journey. Every single one. Put it on Switch. That's yep. your best play for them. Do not try and put your big AAA glorious HD shiny thing that would be shit if it didn't look so good. You know, let's be honest. You know, we don't want to be walking around a place that kind of looks like Hogs Walks if you're drunk. You know, <laughs> you don't need that. <laughs> the PS2 version was fine. Let's just port that and, and get away with it. It's fine. <laughs> um, um, what would you like to see from the Switch uh, 2, if you like? I mean, kind of what Tom said, but also not what Tom said, because I know Nintendo is going to come out with something that looks like a fucking pogo stick that you play games on or something, because this is what they do every time. And it's, We all go, that's a fucking stupid gimmick. That's never going to work. And then it sells a shitload because everyone wants it. So... I don't know what I want from Nintendo anymore. I don't play their games anymore. Um, you know, it's their games don't really do it for me. And that's fine. Everyone who does play them, I know you love them and that's fine. But like, I don't want, I already have a PS5. I already have an Xbox series, something or other. And I don't need, I don't need another game console to compete with them. I want, I want Nintendo to do Nintendo. So I know that we, you know, it definitely needs better hardware and something more to date that you know developers can really use. But um, I just want them to be as quick as they possibly can. I want the Wii U this time around. <laughs> I want something so fucking wild and on. You know, games can only run like you have to make games specifically for this console because it won't run on any other console because every other console doesn't have that input method. Like a, a console that runs on breath. I want a console that runs on the fact that you, you that it's nighttime. It only works in the dark. Just whatever Nintendo want to do. I'm I'm there. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I want a console that works only at night. Damn it. <laughs> just uh, not just night though. In the dark. So it's purely like... in the dark. Okay. So we can play it at daytime so long as it's dark. Yeah, and trains would be full of commuters with like their blazers over the top of that, or every kid, school kid, head down, blazer over the head, playing on their Nintendo Night. <laughs> there we go. Just going through tunnels, never goes. <laughs> exactly. We can play Zelda now. Well, you know, it's Nintendo. The next one might be made out of cardboard. The cardboard experiment worked for Switch. Let's make it out of cardboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Labo might just take over. You never know. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. The barcode scanner. Every game is a barcode. You scan it, it's fine. It's away. Like barcode battlers. <laughs> I don't know. There's just whatever Nintendo. You do whatever you're gonna do. Oh, you do you, Nintendo. Um, Yogi, is there anything uh that you that would convince you to get yourself a shiny new Nintendo console? Um one for under a hundred quid. Mm, I think you're playing with fire there a little bit. A bit optimistic there. <laughs> Um, Give the fact that they're charging £70 for controllers. I don't like many of Nintendo's properties. Uh, Shocking. This has been a shocker of a podcast it, for Yogg Dog today. It, it's been a rough one, I won't lie. Um, yeah, I, I just... 
they don't appeal to me. I, I, they're great games, many of them, but I tend to not like the universes or settings, which many of them are set in. Or I don't like individual characters. Cough, Mario. Um, so it, it's a struggle for me. Highest um, grossing Illumination film of all time, as of today. Just, uh, just saying. Where's the weave put on again in this? Uh, it's beating all of the despicable me's, your dog. Uh, how big that is? I don't know how to respond to that. That is not a great brag. Mario beat the minions. <laughs> not the best brag. That ain't the brag you think it is. The minions, minions, that's like a multi billion dollar franchise. Yeah. And Mario just walked all over it. Tell me when it turns up and it beats Avatar. Because that's basically fucking animated. So <laughs> it might need another uh, year or so to send them That's fair. I mean, to be fair, it hasn't minions wasn't minions like a created property which didn't have 20 odd years of video games and nostalgia to draw upon. So Woo-hoo-hoo! it's kind of an unfair <laughs> unfair uh metric to go on. All right, it wasn't talked yet on this one. Um no, sorry, <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I've not got anything else. I've not got anything useful to add into this. Uh, it's extremely unlikely I'll be getting a, a Nintendo console. Um, I'd say, like, the main reason you'd buy a Nintendo console is for the first-party games, because their consoles sure. are generally weaker compared to the competition. Uh, and I don't like their first-party properties, so it'd be kind of a bit useless for me. Maybe it's well, a paperweight or something. I'm glad you came tonight, man. But anyway, I really appreciate you being here. <laughs> I really appreciate being here. Thank you all Thanks, for having man. me, despite me being Mr. Mr. Unhappy. Or <laughs> no, it's all right. Whatever. There's always one. That's always one. <laughs> Everyone gets one episode where like, I have nothing to contribute because I don't know what you're talking about. Um, it happens, <laughs> happens more often than you think. Um, Miles, what would you have to do? What would Nintendo have to do to convince you to get a Switch 2? See how that rhymes? I like that. That was nice. I appreciate that. Uh, I want Hyrule Warriors 2 because they do Dynasty Warriors There is Hyrule Warriors 2, isn't there? Is there a second one? I'm pretty sure there's a second one. Oh, damn. I thought there was only the one. one. Then I want three. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be my answer. Then I want three because they do Dynasty Warriors games better than Dynasty Warriors does. The second second one's bad, though. It runs bad. uh, Okay. All right. So I'll just pretend two doesn't exist. So I want two, as in actual two, that runs well on the new Switch. Um, And I also want a new Mario Rabbids just so it can win Strategy Game of the Year and because Uh... implode. (laughs) That's all I want from Nintendo. I'm I'm probably never going to invest in the ecosystem. I just want to see them just annoy people, to be honest. (laughs) That's a fair enough reason. Yeah. I, I, I agree with this. I'm on board with Miles. Me, think, me and yoga in sync. Uh, as long as it annoys me, I'm happy. <laughs> Is there nothing in terms of technical things that they could do with a system that would get you excited? Um, not especially. I think I they have a very particular set of franchises that they consistently kind of pump out, and it's wonderful for their audience. They know what they like, and they get it. Like Nintendo deliver almost every single time. I'm just. I'm not particularly into the kind of games that they make. And I think with the exception of Zelda, I think that is the only franchise I would really buy into that um, ecosystem for. Um, And I can't really justify buying an entire console thing. Um, 
on the basis of one game that releases once every six years. Um, so yeah, it just they don't quite entice me in, and it's nothing to do with Nintendo or them. It's just the fact that I don't have that interest, unfortunately. So me and Yog are just going to sit in the corner and be misery people every time <laughs> Nintendo come up, and it's not Nintendo's fault. It's us. We're the problem. I'll, I'll fetch a credit cider. <laughs> yeah, we'll just have a great time just moaning about how we hate Mario. <laughs> Back in my day. <laughs> Give me Hyrule Warriors 3, you cowards. Back in your day, Mario is probably still the best-selling game in the world. All right, oh, all right. Like Mario can go fuck himself. It's, <laughs> it's fine. Good Lord. I, I second that sentiment. Put that on the poster. Poor Mario. Poor Mario. Yeah. He ain't done nothing wrong. He ain't done nothing wrong. He's done plenty wrong. The fucking okay. This is for another part. All right, we're going to talk about this properly next time. All right, we'll uh-huh. sit down. We'll have a long conversation. Just me and you. We'll hash it out. We'll make it real. Okay, we'll get really deep. We'll get the beers in. It'll be fine. Okay. All right. Cool. Look forward to that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Kat, do you want to round this off? Is there anything Nintendo can do to make you uh, get you excited for the next system? Anything you want from the upgrades? That you want to see Nintendo do next? I don't know. I really wouldn't mind if they went back to like their roots of like a like a console esque with the leads and the controllers. Because although I really like the, I love the Switch. I really like the idea of the Switch. Having the Switch hurts my fucking neck. And even though you can have it on your TV, it just doesn't feel the same. And I don't know why. There was something about holding um, like a SNES controller. <laughs> that just felt pretty good. And the thing is, I'm the biggest fan of like the GameCube. And if they brought out like a GameCube 2, and I know they never will, mm. I would absolutely like headless chicken myself. Even though it's not practical in this day and age because of how just mobile and how accessible the Switch is, I completely agree with Sean. Um we need to stop this shit of when's it coming out on the switch because even when he said that it reminds me of the types of reviews where i can say this is a switch game not a console game this is a console game and not a switch game or this is do you know what i mean it's there are very particular mm. things i think that belong on the switch um so if we were to see a second switch or we were to see another console like the switch um i think they have to keep that in mind because i think yeah, it's tricky, but um, in my dream world, GameCube two. No, <laughs> in my other be... world, I would like yeah, that would, that would be, be like sky's the limit, GameCube two. Um, or and they they could call it Cube Squared. I, I think I think Kat, you've actually nailed the only Nintendo system I have fond memories of. Yeah. So Other than me, oh, that's a lie. I used to enjoy game. playing Pokemon on, uh, like the Nintendo DS, I think it was. But like, the main sort of systems, I yeah, I just same. And I think, yeah, and the controllers were really quirky. And the, do you know what I mean, like, I think, I don't know. So my sky is the limit would be a GameCube two, but like, I know that that's probably not going to happen. It's just going to be like a Switch two or a Switch Pro or something, something like that. But I think I agree with Tom in the sense of like. Like it just needs to the Joy-Con thing is ridiculous, um, and yeah, I just I just want it to feel like a console again. And to me, I don't know why, but I never reach for the Switch. 
just something that I don't reach for. I don't think I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that on Switch unless it's yeah. only exclusive to Switch. So I would like that feeling again where I don't really want to play any other console but the Nintendo one. And I don't know Thank what that looks for... like, but that's what I would like to see. Thank you for actually answering the question. And uh not being a misery bitch about it. Um Thank you. Yeah, well, you're always welcome. Oh, love you. <laughs> love you too. You know what I mean. That came out wrong. Oh, I dear. know. I know. No. 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 Know what you mean. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 all to see. All right. All right then. Um. So yeah, I guess we'll find out this time next year what uh, Nintendo were up to. And yeah, very exciting. Very exciting indeed to see what comes next. I just want to see the Mario Odyssey sequel. I've been waiting for that for years and i was hoping it would come out this generation it looks like it's not gonna happen so i shall wait till next year and see what's up to with me or mario because odyssey was fucking awesome um right then let's get to our recommendations this is where we find something throughout the week that we want to share with you our loyal listener whether it be a game a movie a tv show a book or a chair it could be anything very random something we've seen that we want to think hey we want to get the word out about that uh sean do you want to start what's your recommendation this week my recommendation is for a game called walkabout mini golf which is out on the psvr2 and other vr platforms but i'm playing it on the psvr2 it is the psvr2's killer app if you've not like if you're looking for something which will entertain you for hours i cannot recommend this game enough it is fucking amazing it's basically okay. mini golf in vr you you have one controller you knock a ball around around mini golf courses um, while also exploring the courses. So you, you can you can walk from hole to hole. Um, yeah. That's what she said. Um, and, <laughs> um, <laughs> giggity. And um, there's there's like lost balls that you can also find on each each hole. <laughs> this is <laughs> keep it together, man. Um... <laughs> Stay focused, boy. Stay focused. It's well... it's. <laughs> it's it's just a very very good video game uh, with the courses that are themed with uh, lots of different kind of types of course and there's some like amazing creations in there you could never get in real life there's there's like an arizona series where the courses are just like geometry geometry geometric there we go geometric there it is issues so like um pits that you need to kick like hit the ball to it's it's like it's better than most video game mini golf games that you played. So like it's better than golfy. It's better than we golf with friends. It's obviously not better than dungeon golfing because that's coming out soon and that's amazing. Um, but it's um it's it's better than most video game golf games. And um, I've now got Paul into it, so me and Paul are going to be playing. Um, and I'm going to be smashing his ass. <laughs> Oh my god, so many innuendos. Oh god, um, <laughs> crazy on that was something. Oh damn. Smashing oh, oh god, oh, damn. Jesus. Oh, got the ball in the holes and we're smashing his ass. Anyway. I'm glad that uh, you, you and Paul will be enjoying each other's holes. <laughs> oh my god. That's the important thing here. I'm glad we're all coming together. I'll do. So that's my recommendation for this week. Fantastic. Thanks, <laughs> man. Has it overtaken VR as the 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 killer app? Oh man, that was that was that was like three killer apps ago. Oh geez, um, okay. 
Oh man, the, the VR catalog on PSVR 2 is now incredible. Um, there isn't a single game that I've played so far, and we're talking um, 20 plus games at this point, that hasn't been stellar. They're all just really fucking good. I like that. I like to hear it. Cat, uh, what's your recommendation music? Uh, my recommendation is a little bit of a weird one. So I don't really have anything particular to recommend, but I'm just recommending that if you ever have somebody, and this is probably quite common over COVID as well, that if you ever have somebody that you think that you lost touch with, um, try and find them because they probably hate that they lost touch with you too. Um, and for some context of that story, I... Um, finished my master's about eight years ago and I lost touch with the person that I spent doing my master's with and my um, undergrad with. I lost touch because I messed up my phone and they didn't have social media. And I've spent the last eight years on and off trying to see if they still have social media um, or an email address because of course you would only email for your university addresses which have been shut down. And whilst looking for things related to my dissertation today for um, an interview I have coming up, I found very buried into my thing something from 2016 where we gave our supervisor thesis person our personal email addresses um, because Bangor had not set up our master's account university stuff yet and I emailed it and they emailed me back and that was eight that literally like happened like two hours ago and they were just as happy to hear from me as I was just to find them. Um, so if you have lost touch with a pal, if you haven't spoken to that auntie or that cousin in a long time, anything, Christ, that would be so embarrassing to just reach out to them. Um, it won't be. They're probably thinking the same thing and you probably won't regret it. So I would recommend going to do that because there's probably someone in your mind that you're thinking of when I talk about that. That's beautiful. Um, okay. Thank you, Cap. That's all right. I love that. I think one of the weird things about this past month, obviously my father passed away and at the funeral, um, I ran into so many people that I haven't seen for such a long time. And in a weird way, it was really nice to see them. I was really happy to see them. Um, but of course, mm. it was just coming together under such a weird circumstance. And yeah, yeah. I, can I can totally relate to that. Yeah, funerals and like weddings as well are like a place where you're like, why don't we see each other more? Like that's so, and then you think, oh, it's been like ages since that funeral. It's been, there was a podcast on um, Dax Shepherd's podcast, Armchair, and, um, Armchair Expert, and he speaks with a, um, like a expert psychologist on shame. And he says that most people won't reach out or because they feel ashamed or they feel some amount of shame. And they did research into it and they found that something like 97% of the people that ended up, like there's different reasons why people feel shame. Um, and um and regret sorry it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't an expert on shame it was an expert on regret and one of the biggest themes of regret is not reaching back out to a relationship um friendship like family ship whatever it might be and they mm. did some research on it um post that person reaching out as like a bit of research and they found it to be like the person like 97 percent of the people that did reach out like have a relationship like a year later because they never had anything to feel regretful about in regards to that it's like oh I regret not 
reaching out to that person ages ago or I've lost touch with that person but they'd never want to see me and there were all these thoughts um from the person saying like well if they wanted to get in touch they'd get in touch with me or blah 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 blah, or maybe we just haven't had time or whatever and actually they actually researched it and found that that person was thinking almost the exact same things um that they reached out to um so yeah regret is a powerful little demon and yeah mm. it's it's good to reach out because anything that's probably holding you back from that is probably just your own enemy trying to bully you down for it so i won't tell this story yeah i'm glad that you sorry go on no i was gonna say i'm glad that you managed to reconnect even if it was under such sad circumstances because yeah i think sometimes it's one of those things where you're like oh yeah cool great it kind of starts the the thing again but uh yeah no it's um yeah it was lovely but it was just you know it was just so weird because like i don't want to be happy right now but i'm happy to see you you know what i mean it was such a strange thing yeah such a strange yeah, yeah, feeling. Yeah. Um, but anyway. So I guess I can uh, like back recommend, I can secondary recommend the Armchair Expert podcast. I think it was called The Power of Regret or something like that from Dak Shepard, the celebrity is married to Kristen Bell. Um, talking about that with psychologists. It's a very, very interesting um, podcast. Regret. I've got a very interesting story about regret that I won't tell on the podcast, but I'll talk to you about maybe soon. Um, okay. That's happened in the last right. couple of weeks. It's uh, oh, yeah, very cute. interesting. Um, anyway, if you does it involve me. a jalapeno and chicken dessert? <laughs> no, because seriously, we're two hours in, the regret is maximum right now, folks. <laughs> I don't think the podcast was based on that kind of regret, but <laughs> oh gosh, uh, but at least you know now. Maybe if you hadn't have had it, you'd have regretted it because you'd have been like, Oh, I had a salad instead, and therefore you'd have never have known. But now that's taught you something. Okay. I'll still have another one. Trust me. <laughs> I learned nothing. <laughs> I learned nothing. Um, my who's your recommendation this one? Um, mine is Hello There Returns because it's the Mandalorian. Hello there. I finally, finally started watching it properly, and I'm three episodes in, and it's okay so far. I think it's kind of building up. I suspect it's going to be like quite climactic towards the last kind of chunk of the season. Um, but yeah, it's been enjoyable so far. I know obviously everyone talks about it already and I've kind of missed the boat on it, so I won't harper on, but uh, it's enjoyable. I like it. Mandalorian's cool. I want more of it. I'm saying nothing. Yeah. Yeah. We sh- we, we shall talk when it is done. Yeah. <laughs> Once I've committed fully to the entire season, then we will yes. see. Indeed. This is the way and all that. This is the way. Uh, Tom, your recommendation is a Tom! Tom! Tom? Uh, Sorry. Oh, there he is. Oh, my God. I was was tabbed out, and I I forgot I was uh, muted. Uh, My recommendation is the music video for Tenacious D's newest song, Video Games. Oh, good show. Uh, Yes! The video is very fun, and the song is a little earworm. Um... It's it's like a minute and a half long. I'll send the link in the in the Slack. Uh, yeah, it's it's very good. Recommend. It's a cracker. Yep, totally agree. Great shout. Uh, your dog. Your recommendation. Oh, uh, hmm. You know, I'm you always say good. that like you're shocked that I come to you for this. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's just a a trait at this point. Um. I'm going to go with 
probably the Mechabellum game I talked about earlier. It's only about a tenner on Steam. Um, it's in, still in early access. It's actually going to be free when the game fully releases. Those who have invested into it like get like points to points cosmetics and stuff. So um, I tend to be very against that, but it's a very fair price for a tenner, and I really like the gameplay in general. So yeah, I, I'd say give Mechabellum a go. All right, give Mechabellum a go. Um, what's my recommendation? My recommendation is Gfinity's review of The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Now, these guys threw out a six out of ten Brave on this game. They gave it a six. <laughs> I do not understand the balls on these guys, but their review is fan fucking tastic. And it really focuses on genuine issues that this game has and genuine issues that if you went from Breath of the Wild to Tears of the Kingdom, that you know, you may see similarities and like issues that you may have had. Um, it does it does preach a little bit on certain things. Um, it does sort of go on a little bit about particular issues, which I won't go into. But overall, God bless them. I mean, they must have had a lot of conversations about that. Um, and yeah, it's a great review, and it's one that's actually it feels critical. You know, not that the others don't. Um, I think uh, VGC's review is very good. Um, obviously, they they threw a five out of five or a ten out of ten on that. Um, but when you look for reviews, I was I was really looking for one that was like, yeah, this is great, but and um, the Gfinity's one really focuses in on actual concerns. Um, so it's great, and it was well worth a read. So if you uh, if you do have find the time, I will put a link to it in the description of the podcast. And yeah, check it out uh, because it's it's just it's just it's just a worthwhile read. I think I think and. You know, when they know that every other review is going to be singing the praises of this game, to drop a six out of ten review on launch day is uh, is just wonderful. So, yeah, good for them, and um, yeah, well worth reading. All right, then, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the Fingers Podcast. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, if you want to follow us, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just go to the link tree in the description below to find us in all the places. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at FNGRGNS. All of our handles are in the description below if you want to follow us individually. Except for Miles, of course, he's smart and not on Twitter. If you really like what we do, want to follow our Patreon. For $1 a month, you can keep this podcast live on its various podcast hosting services and keep the website nice and shiny. But that's it. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. Until next time, it is goodbye from your dog. Bye, everyone. It is goodbye from Tom Woods. Goodbye. It is goodbye from Miles Thompson. Farewell. It is goodbye from Kate and the TKB. Bye. Bye. And it is goodbye, of course, from the mighty FFG, Sean Davies. Throdock. Until next time, I've been Roscoe. We'll see you on the Fingers Podcast next week. <laughs>